We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in this Tuesday edition, Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready here with you, Clark Ford Studio. Hope all of you had a safe and wonderful new year. We will... Uh, catch you up on items since the last time we all talked we'll obviously uh start out with the uh the horrible situation in cincinnati last night with demar hamlin what we know there as of this morning at 8 15 a.m and uh, and more Ole miss basketball plays tonight eight o'clock in tuscaloosa the rebels 12 and a half point underdogs to the crimson tide to uh tonight Ole miss a team nate oates called interesting during his press conference yesterday um there in uh in tuscaloosa so that and more coming up on today's show, a show brought to you every single day by the Oxford X Exxon going into our 10th year with the Oxford Exxon. Appreciate them as uh, as always. You can uh, get lunch specials. You can get uh, great things in the convenience store, the hot case, ribs, chicken. Let them take care of dinner. It's raining outside. It's going to be raining all day. Might be raining tomorrow a little bit. So uh, make it easy tonight for you with the Oxford Exxon. If you're here local, Blue Sky locations up and down I-55 and throughout North Mississippi, as well and again coming to you from the clark ford studio we are clark fords in amory mississippi <clears throat> 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle you get your quote the rest completely up to you you can shop that quote around you can do what i've done what i recommend that you do it's up into a clark ford today 662-257-1900 so, um, get right into it. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, Bill Safety out of uh, Pitt, 24-year-old, made a, uh, a tackle on the Bengals' T. Higgins last night, um, stood back up, collapsed to the field, and maybe the scariest moment I've ever seen in a live sporting event, um, at least that you're watching in, in, in real time at that point. Um, he had CPR was given to him on the field. He was uh, taken to... The University of Cincinnati Hospital, the only level one trauma center there in the uh, the local area in the Cincinnati area, and uh, the last update we had was sometime in the middle of the night, at least that I have seen. Again, this is eight seventeen a.m. Central Time as I'm talking right now, 
and it is that his vitals had returned to normal, um, that he did suffer cardiac arrest on the field. He's been sedated, intubated, and they were running more tests at that point. That's kind of what we know right now, at least as I know that I missed something, Neil. Is that, is that kind of where we're at? I think that's correct. I, I don't. I've followed a couple of different accounts that obviously are connected to him. I don't know that he's yet able to breathe on his own. Okay. So that's obviously the concern. Um, yeah, I was obviously watching live, like a lot of people, probably the most anticipated NFL regular season game in a long time. To be this late in the year, those two teams. Certainly the most anticipated Monday night game in ages. Uh, it had been built up. and um, it was Outside com- of arguably the Chiefs, the two most interesting teams in the, in the, in the league. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, first time that Josh Allen and Joe Burrow had faced off in a game. Um, you had all the AFC playoff ramifications. All of those things were were there, and also it was coming right out of of the Rose Bowl. Yeah, and uh, the Rose Bowl was a blowout late, and so people who would have stayed for the end of the Rose Bowl had flipped over to ESPN too. You didn't even get your sun your sunset yesterday. It was uh, it was, it was raining. It was cloudy. Yeah, yeah. what a shame. Um, so you had a massive, massive audience, and then. The game gets off to the kind of start that I think we all anticipated. The the Bengals march down the field and score. The Bills march down the field, stall, and have to kick a field goal. And the Bengals are marching again. And you're like, oh, we're going to get – this is going to be the shootout that we all anticipated. These two great young quarterbacks who will probably face off for the next 10 to 15 years. We're going to get this tonight. And, I mean, I was, like, getting excited. Like, oh, my God, this is going to be everything we thought it would be. And then you see that scene. And what I saw first was him just laying on the ground. Right. And the first thing you notice is the reaction of players. And I went, oh, God. And then the first time they showed the replay, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. What I said to my wife was, this day's been coming for a long time. And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, an NFL player just died on the field. That's what I thought. And, I mean, kudos to the people of um, the, the people at the stadium because they got to him fast. Have you seen – I don't know if you've seen the replays. ESPN kind of stopped showing the replay, and I went looking for it elsewhere on cable television, and I found it on a couple of the cable networks last night, about 9 o'clock. CPR was being administered to him, man, within – Within one minute. Yeah, the couple things there. Uh, first, and and thank God this did not happen, but the question has come up multiple times. The answer is that a player has passed away on a field one time in an NFL game. Chuck Hughes, 1971, a Lions wide receiver, um, with about a minute to go in the game, um, fell over with a, a heart issue right in front of Dick Butkus, actually, um, and, and died there. Um, and, and they actually finished that game, um, but it was, it was about, a minute, about a minute left. But anyway... That is the one time that that has happened on an NFL field. And, yeah, you, you saw it on Twitter with a couple doctors last night. And, again, you don't want it to happen anywhere. Don't misconstrue. But outside of in a hospital, an NFL field might be the best place to have a condition like that because of the amount of personnel and attention that is on that. Um, that that is, you know, that, that that is what he was in the one place that 
saved his life to this point. I mean, if it's a high school game, a player is dead today. Sure. If it's a college game, they're potentially to probably dead today. Um, that you know, that's that's well, it, it's just it, it's it's stark and and, and and tragic in a number of ways. But no, they they got to him. They um did every bit of immediate medical attention that could happen. Um, they did a very quick job of getting his family out of the stands and there with him toward the ambulance to get him. So it's about almost two miles, I think, to the UC hospital. It is. I, know exactly, like I know exactly where it is. It's right at two miles from the stadium. Yeah. Um, and then proceeded from there again to have a, a, a level one trauma center close for, for when that happened. Um, we're speculating here. Um, there's been no official diagnosis on exactly what happened but judging by tons of doctors across different specialties through the internet and just what appears to be the word of mouth the most expected thing is a uh essentially a blunt force contact there's a name for it that i don't have up in front of me right now um i sent it to neil last night so i can pull it up komoto cordis cordis okay um, I mean, we're not doctors, obviously. Yeah, we're 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 just we're having a podcast here. But the um, the, the the definition of that issue is a heart uh, disruption of heart rhythm that occurs as a result of a blow to the area directly over the heart, the precordial region, at a critical time during the cycle of a heartbeat, meaning when the blood is pumping at whatever point, producing what is termed an RONT phenomenon that leads to the condition. It's a form of uh, a V-fib, which is an arrhythmia for what well, we, we can understand that part of it at, uh, at least as well. Um, has nothing to do with heart damage, has nothing to do with mechanical damage to the heart whatsoever. It is a freak accident that caused by a, a, a force to the heart area at the exact wrong time. It typically, I mean, when I say typically, the numbers are overwhelmingly related to this happening in baseball. That's the sport that this happens the most in. Okay. Um, and in lacrosse, actually, I saw last I night saw, that it's yeah, a big lacrosse in, injury. Uh, hardly ever happens in basketball. Hardly ever happens in soccer. Hardly ever happens in a lot of other sports. Um, it's happened once to a kid when a dog, a dog jumped into a kid and hit a kid in the chest and caused. Yeah, really. Yep. Um, but it's mostly baseball. Kids get hit in the chest with a baseball at the exact wrong time and exact wrong place, exact wrong place, and 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 don't make it. Um, I mean, I, I it sounds like the end ending here is going to be positive. That he's going to have a he's going to have a recovery, a full recovery. That it was like you said, it was a freak thing. But man, it was. It was that moment where the all the conversation last night for hours about when did they make the decision not to play and all that stuff. To me, the decision to not play the game was made to the – and I'm giving credit here because I think the league in all of its utter – the league is just – this was not a good night for the NFL. Because I think the NFL was going to play the game. I think they gave them a five-minute warning, and I think Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, the coaches of the Bills and Bengals respectively, and their players got together and said, no, we're not. Okay, and I, I agree with you. Look, there's no doubt here. The, like When you watch these situations, the two, the main two leaders of this situation were Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor. And there's no doubt about that. Sure. They both got together and went, no, no, hell no. We'll, we're, we're out of here, peace, whatever. Do what you need to do. I do wonder a little bit, and look, I'm not protecting the NFL. I don't give a shit. 
I, I wonder a little bit if somebody in the stadium made a decision and then the league office was going to go, no, quit that shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like somebody said, hey, five minutes, because that's the protocol on site. You know what I mean? But yeah. it probably would have never gotten to there anyway. That it was clear that wasn't going to happen. It was just sort of, hey, now that he's clear, you have five minutes. Like some sort of, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I wonder know. if there's something on site that did something. I don't know. Um, and don't, it, again, no clue, no no idea. It that was if that were the case, somebody was tone deaf because if you were watching the reactions of the players, it's another thing. Also, this is where and and a lot of a lot of last night. And again, it's all the focus is all about Demar Hamlin sure. and his health. But a lot of last night with the like it took it took hours for people to understand. Hey, did he have a pulse when you put him in the ambulance? Did he have a pulse? I mean, because the ambulance stayed at the stadium for almost a half hour. That was the most. That was the most concerned I was last night throughout the whole process because that news is either really good or really bad. When an ambulance does not move immediately to the hospital, you go, "Oh shit!" That's sort of where. And look, someone says the NFL VP of Ops said there was no discussion of a five-minute warm-up, but there was. They, we, the NFL can spin all they want. Joe Burrow's on the sidelines starting to pick up a ball and throw it again. Yeah, Joe Burrow didn't want to throw a football last night. Joe Burrow picked up a football because he said someone told him, hey, we're going to start this game again. Yeah, sure. It's a code red. We've got really bad weather in Oxford. Oh, really? That's what that... Yeah, it's a severe thunderstorm morning. Oh, okay. I mean, he didn't pick up the ball and start throwing it casually because, hey, I just feel like throwing a ball. Someone told the yeah. someone told the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, "Hey, we're going to resume the game. We have the football. You might want to get loose." Yeah, and I'm just curious whom. I guess is my point. I, I mean, somebody. Yeah, sure. Somebody wouldn't wouldn't guy up in section 207 <laughs> who came down and told Burrow, "Hey, get loose, man." Yeah. It was somebody with some degree of authority sure. said, hey, we're going to start this thing again. That's why I don't believe the NFL when they say, oh, that never was the discussion. It was somebody discussed it. Holden, our stream, says, had this, had this happened in a lacrosse game I was in, fortunately a father in the stands with a cardiologist and the person lived due to fast action. Um, Yeah, the, the scenes that you will take – him falling, and then Josh Allen just dazed on the sideline. I mean, mm -hmm. looked like he had no idea where he was for, for a few minutes. You've got both sides huddling and praying and crying. And, no, there was no play. Anybody was playing a damn football game last Of night. course not. It was not even feasible to any degree. Um, At the end of Skip Bayless's career last night, did he go too far, finally? If it's not... If it's not, is ESPN finally admitting that that's all that show is? Is it? It's just. It's just. And I think they've already admitted it. Hot takes and clicks. And I think they've already admitted it. I mean, he he has no bearing on any any true logical discussion at all. It's just say something that gets people inflamed to piss them off and make them interact. That's all he's there for. But it's one thing when you a say, guy who used to be a pretty intelligent dude. Well, he is intelligent. Yeah, he like didn't stop guy, being somebody who used to be very. But to me, there's a big difference between, hey, you know, is Dak Prescott the answer for the Cowboys? Okay, I get that, right? You yeah, know, whatever. Dak Prescott can't he? Dak Prescott can't come yeah. through in the clutch. LeBron sucks. Okay, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, Anthony Davis is a choker. Okay. And talking about something in the aftermath of something where we literally saw someone's life being saved in front of us, because he's not breathing there on the ground. 
I mean, he was lifeless on the ground. That reaction He's just buckled. The reaction from those players, that was not I mean, guys have seen guys get hurt. You've seen guys blow an ACL. You've seen guys break a a leg badly. You've seen spinal cord scares. They they know that stuff happens. You've seen guys get knocked out. All this all those things are scary. These guys know that's part of the game, but man, that what they saw last night was not I mean, you're telling me T. Higgins was going to go back out on the field and run routes? I mean, T. Higgins literally just wanted to get to his mother. I mean, not that he didn't do anything, but, I mean, it was kind of that I'm sure he felt some degree of responsibility. Well, I mean, we've seen that locally, Brad Gaines, of course. for years. I mean, yeah. you know, that's – you. I mean, you know, the, the – the fact that they kept talking about are they going to play or not? No, they're not somebody gonna... has gotten on Bayless, who apparently is now with Fox, by the way, um, because his initial tweet was, "quote No doubt the NFL is considering postponing the rest of the game, but how this late in the season, a game of this magnitude, is crucial to the regular season outcome, which suddenly seems so irrelevant." Um, he deleted that tweet. Um, came back with several tweets but um the one where he acknowledged the uh the previous tweet um nothing is more important than that young man's health that was the point of my last tweet i'm sorry if this was misunderstood but his health is all that matters again everything else is irrelevant i prayed for him and will continue to there um 11 hours ago from skip bayless okay yeah i mean anybody who's watching that trying to actually use a brain cell is already i mean come on yeah well, obviously, I don't even know where he was anymore. I don't. I don't watch those kinds of shows. <clears throat> I, I just don't. I don't watch them. What you did see last night was, in, he's. I told Laura, he's the best. My wife, he's the best in the business. Scott Van Pelt, he's the very. He was best. great. He's the very best. He was great. Uh, Ryan Clark was terrific. I thought he was. Um, they were. They were both very, very good. Lisa Salters was very good on site. Uh, I, I thought. I thought Buck and Aikman did a really good job considering. That's not what you're prepared for. You're prepared. Every, you're prepared for a football game. Everybody did their job the best they could. Um, Booker McFarland did a wonderful job being a human last night, and I mean that in a very positive no, way. Sure. I mean, I mean that as far as that you could go into a shell and have a hard time articulating, and he was able to put words and thoughts to what he was feeling at the time. Um. You know, the other, I'm not sure who else was in the room. But, Susie Colber yes, and Susie Adam Colbert. Shepard. Colbert asked difficult but honest questions. You know, I saw her getting flack on Twitter when, no, she did her job. She pushed the conversation forward in ways we're all thinking and wanting reactions to. There was nothing like that <laughs> I mean, at all. She, what she wanted to say was, why are we still doing this? Yes. But and, she and, they kinda, and, and Schefter, to his credit, kind of did at one point. Goes, oh, I, this, this is, you know, yeah. somebody who absolutely is tied into the league. Um, and tries not to upset anybody in the league. I mean, he 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 did a, a nice job with what was offered there for uh, for him. And then, frankly, yeah, I mean, Buck and England, those guys. Um, Buck and Aikman and those guys. Um, yeah, for anybody, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just uh, in case we lose the stream, we're in a tornado warning at this point. We can hear the siren. So if the power goes out. We're potentially being really stupid in real time, but you know, here we are. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is that what you're? <laughs> I kind of had like this quick little like half second thought, like, okay, what are we doing? Um, Buck and Aikman did a really good job. I mean, it's something that 
you're yeah you're not prepared for, and you've got to kill such amount of time, not really knowing what's next or how long you've got to go, and just sort of talk and ramble and update and repeat and do things that is is is, is very fascinating from the standpoint of simply broadcasting and reporting and, and and what your job is to do right there. I mean, it it really really is. Um, credit to them for uh for that um com- completely. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, podcast brought to you in part by prime shrimp, prime shrimp.com, seven different flavors available for you delivered straight to your door, including their most uh, recent offering, their barbecue, uh, style shrimp, their New Orleans barbecue style shrimp. It is one of the, uh, the best ones along with the signature of the great all purpose ones that go with a little bit of everything. They got the full meals in the bag with the French quarter Alfredo, the garlic herb butter, and they also have the two-pound bags of individually frozen shrimp just for you. A lot like this at the grocery store, except a higher-quality shrimp from primeshrimp.com. Step into the new year in style. If you have, haven't made the move already, you really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. Go to deadsoxy.com, enter the code REBELGROVE at checkout, get 25% off all orders, including sale items. As they continue to grow, they want to extend a special thank you for the continued support of the Rebel Grove community. The folks at Dead Soxy are constantly striving to improve their quality relationships and customer experiences. As an MPW Digital listener, you'll be the first to hear about all new products and opportunities as they come. Remember to enter the promo code Rebel Grove at checkout for 25% off all orders. And a happy new year from Dead Soxy. Walk-On's Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with a taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Let Walk-On's take care of all your tailgating needs uh, when you have them starting, uh, I guess, next season. Don't forget about their friends and and family uh, bundles, tailgate platters, uh, order online at walkons.com or at their convenient Walk-Ons app. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. The uh, season finale of the Davison Ibanosan show is up on YouTube and also on, on podcast. It's brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop rebel shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the largest selection of rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. By the way, if you live in the Batesville area, uh, and a lot of you do, uh, get in touch with Comer for all of your uh, heating and cooling needs. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just $1. Every item starts at just $1. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups, so don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. Podcast is brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. They've launched Forever Ole Miss, a new plan giving society society to recognize supporters who have included Ole Miss Athletics in their estate planning. One of the main benefits of Forever Ole Miss is the ability to designate priority points to loved ones upon the realization of a planned gift. For more information on that, 
Forever Ole Miss. Please visit Give to Athletics slash Forever Ole Miss. And they would also like to thank Rebel Nation for the incredible support in 2022. As a result, the Champions Now campaign nearing the $52 million mark and looking forward to a bigger year in 2023. So again, give to athletics.com for more information pertaining to that. Um, last night wasn't the time. Today's not even really the time. Again, we're, we're not as doctors, though. What, what, what do you think the league does? What, what, what is the move from a game standpoint? They're out of time. Um, the Bills went back to Buffalo. Yeah, just a no contest? I guess it's a no contest. I mean, there will be playoff ramifications. I doubt if anybody cares at this point, really. But Sure. Another one? That's the tornado warning. Code red alert message. You signed up for that? I think the whole family signed up. Oh, really? Yeah. Tornado warning's been issued for our location. Yeah, somebody said it's just it's west of town. Yeah, I was yeah. I pulled the radar. Yeah, up. We're, we're keeping we're, we're good. We're not being completely stupid here, because um, this can be a bit of an alley through here. Oh, it is. You, you've had you've it had that is an alley. Yeah, but yes, it's moved. I mean, we're kind of right in the middle of it right now, but the worst of it's about to, is about through. Okay, best I can tell. Okay. Uh, speaking of what you were saying, just for again, people curious, is that it, it will become a point of uh, of conversation. This is a game that would have dictated things from a a playoff standpoint. Um, the Bills currently have the two seed in the AFC at uh, at twelve and three. And the Bengals have the three seed in the AFC right now at eleven and four. Um, Bengals can't fall to the four seed. They cannot be any worse than the three. They could have moved. H- had to they the, won, they would have taken over the two last. They night. take over the two, and they could move to the one if Kansas City loses. That is correct. So it is a. I mean, it was an important game from a standing standpoint. Um, I don't know how you fix that because you can't play on. There's no time to play it. I mean, it's just a no contest. It's, that's what I would guess. It's a no contest, not a tie, though. Is there a difference, or is it just percentage points? So, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. I I, I don't I don't know it's the a, answer. It, it's it's technically the same thing because the game didn't exist. Again, there was a part of me last night that wondered if the NFL didn't flub this in terms of saying to the to the Bills. Hey, we've got his pulse restored. Don't leave town. We're going to finish this on Tuesday. He's stabilized. It's going to be okay. We're going to finish this on Tuesday. Now, maybe everybody would have said, no, we can't do that. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it doesn't matter. To get to the AFC championship game, it matters suddenly. From a football standpoint. Yeah, again, nobody's saying it matters more than a life. That's of not course the point. Not. But it is a logistical issue that is eventually you have to come to the answer. Sure. To. And so how do you address that? That might not matter. If Kansas City wins, they were gonna if Kansas City wins out, they host the AFC championship game and the Bills and Bengals play each other, but now instead of Buffalo or Cincinnati, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a big difference. If you're the Bengals, you want that game in Cincinnati, not Buffalo. And if you're Buffalo, you want the game in Buffalo, not Cincinnati. And they're saying Cincinnati's supposed to have pretty bad weather today. 
which Buffalo doesn't even have all its team in one place. A lot of players stayed back in Cincinnati to be close to Hamlin last yeah. night. I mean, they're scattered. I don't know who they play Sunday. The Bills. The Bengals play. I can't, Bengals play the Ravens on the Sunday. The Bills are at home against the Patriots. Okay. Sunday at noon. And the Bengals play the uh, Ravens Sunday, I think at 325, but I could be wrong. But they do, I definitely play Baltimore in Cincinnati. And then after that, they're both in the playoffs the next week, so you can't squeeze it in there, so it's just done. And but and you both won't have buys. Right. Yeah. Stephon Diggs just left the locker room last night, got in an Uber, and went to the hospital. Yeah. Just peace out. I get it. Um, yeah. Again, they weren't pl- – well, everybody they weren't, knew. I, I, and, and from the sounds of it, they weren't getting a lot of information. And that's, to me, part of the flaw there. There was – look, there was information that could have been distributed last night that you know the country's hanging on it. I realize that you want to contact his family, but the truth is they had contacted his family. We've got to get past this place of the media is the great enemy at all times. Yes, the media sucks. I hate most of the media. But in last night, more information could have been distributed that would have calmed people to some degree. I mean, we were hours without having any update on his status when there was an update that they could have given that yes, he had cardiac arrest on the field. We all saw that. They were giving him CPR. You don't do CPR for someone who's not in cardiac arrest. So we knew that. Did you get a heartbeat? Yes, they did. They stabilized him to that degree. You wasn't breathing on his own. You had to intubate him. Got him to the hospital. We're running tests. All of those things could have been done. They could have been. You could have said that within an hour, an hour and 15 minutes of the episode. And it would have calmed things. It would have. And it should have been done. For whatever reason... Everybody wanted nothing, no information out, including some of the players I've seen didn't know what was going on. They're there in the in the building, obviously, in the locker rooms. Information could have been passed out. That that was the job. For whatever reason, the NFL, I'm sure because the NFL was absolutely terrified of the worst nightmare situation that basically happened on the field. We, you and I have talked about this. It's the reason why when people say, man, they've really, they've really watered down professional football. Well, you saw it last night. Why? Number one, it's the right thing to do. Number two, from a corporate standpoint, you simply cannot have a player die on the field. Can't happen. Look at the visceral reaction to it. And so that's that's why they're so stringent about targeting and things of that nature because, number one, it's the right thing to do. And number two, you're preserving the sport. Because all the people last night kept doing like the vaccine stuff, and I'm like, watch the replay. You can see the blunt, blunt. You force, can see yeah. the blunt force from Higgins hitting him in the chest. It kind of the way he was kind of almost falling a little bit, and he got hit. He was sort of out of position a little bit. I don't mean that as a criticism. I just mean yeah, a I mean, football thing. You could see it, and I mean, you know, yeah. It's a wonder, frankly, as big and fast as these people are and as hard as they hit, it's a wonder this hasn't happened before, that it was such a freak thing. Yeah, because it's not something I've ever noticed in a game before. No, I've never even thought about it. You think about the spinal cord Because that type of hit happened all the time. Um, a couple of people saying you could play the game. But the problem is if you delay, you're saying take out the week between the championship games and the Super Bowl 
I mean, I guess you could, but man, there's a lot of logistical planning that's been put in place for that. I mean, you'll laugh at what I'm about to say, but you've got so much of the NFL extravaganza stuff that's planned for Vegas for the Pro Bowl thing. You, you'd have to change. There'd be a lot there. I mean, you could do it. Yeah, I guess it's happened twice, judging by the stream. You're backing up the playoffs for everybody else a full week. So you're giving the teams with a bye a two-week bye. Oh, yeah. And they probably don't want a two-week bye. It's true. And potentially only one of the teams, not the other, if it's the Bills that, are, that end up with the – Yeah. The Bills beating the Chiefs now does not matter. There's no head-to-head. I mean, the only other thing you could do is you could flip a coin. Go totally random and go, okay, you know, the game was being played. Cincinnati was winning. It was early. We're going to assume something and flip a coin. And there's no way. I mean. Most publicized coin flip in the history of the world. Well, I mean, look, you said, hey, look. I mean, I think both sides would admit the football doesn't matter. But you do have to make a decision. You got to make a decision. And I don't think you can ask them to go play two games in one weekend. That probably won't work. So I guess you could back it all up and let them play in two Sundays. But, man, you're really messing with logistics at that point. My guess is just a straight no contest. Winning percentages, and it just is what it is. Bills yeah. Bills are the two. Bengals are the three. Yeah, the Bills would have no chance of catching the Chiefs at that point. Again, I get it. doesn't matter. But they would have no chance of catching the Chiefs at that point because even if the Chiefs lost – they would still, yeah. They can't. They would have one more win. So, you just you're you're fooling with a lot of logistics. And you could do it, but you're doing it on the other side too. You're doing it also in the NFC. Suddenly, you're telling the Eagles, "Hey, you guys don't play for two weeks," or the Cowboys. I guess the Cowboys could still catch them. Those decisions, if you're going to do it, though, those decisions have to be made here in the next day or two because coaches have planning. You've got to figure out. I could impact whether you play guys in week 17. I don't know. Beats me. Based on last night and how slow they were to announce anything, this will take weeks for them to come up with something. I just wasn't impressed with the way the NFL handled it. I really wasn't. I, I watched Joe Burrow pick up a football, and I said, someone told him they're playing. Oh, sure. I think it was somebody on site that was an idiot, as I think what happened. Could be. I don't think, like, Goodell goes, hey, five minutes, get him out there. Oh, I think no, no, no. somebody on the stadium goes, well, protocol says. And goes, okay, great, thanks, minion. Like, I think that's what happened. Some game ops dude there in Buffalo, in, in Cincinnati. But it would have been a high-up game ops guy. And the truth is, the NFL, yeah. especially at these Monday night games, they always have a rep who's on the phone with the league. But I guess my point is... I mean, it it's, got, not, it's not just a typical Sunday De- oh, well, no. Detroit-Carolina game. I mean, this was, this was... The NFL was dialed into this game. Yeah, you didn't have nine going on at once and something slips through. There like, was a 10-minute okay. yeah. moment where a player's on the field fighting for his life. There were phone calls made. In those 10 minutes, there was communication. 
And at some point in the minutes the following. The league's Monday night rep was around because they showed her yeah. with the coaches down in by the locker room. And rooms. again, at some point in the moments after that, someone told Joe Burrow, hey, we're playing in a few minutes. You might want to get warm. Because the look on his face as he's throwing a football is, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> he just didn't make that decision on his own. Zero chance. Someone told the quarterback of the city. So it wasn't some minion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was somebody with agency. So it was somebody with yeah, it was somebody with authority told the Bengals. I'm speaking specifically of their sideline. Yeah, sure. Told the Bengals, hey, we're going to resume. And well, because you saw Taylor walk across to McDermott and basically go, hey, look, I know it hell no. Like, yeah. I, I, no, come on. Well, it almost was like the Bills were like, because Stefan Diggs is doing the rah-rah thing. Remember that? Trying to get everybody. Telling everybody, hey, let's go play. Let's get going. And as soon as he finished, like they all kind of rallied around him for a minute. I don't mean like literally. I mean like yeah. game, in, in a circle. And then guys just went back and started sitting on the bench and crying again. Yeah. It, and at that point, I don't know whether, I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there, obviously. But it appears that the Bengals didn't want to go either, obviously. And they looked over there and was like, let's just end this. I, I think the coaches decided on their own, on the behest of their players, to say, no, we're not doing this. Yeah. But again, someone told the Bengals, you guys are about to play. Yes. And Joe Burrow was like, well, we've got the ball. So, here so we I go. guess I need to get loose because I'm a quarterback. Yeah. He didn't, he wasn't like, hey, let's go get him. We got him on the ropes. No, come, give me a break. He was just literally consoling his friend, Josh Allen. Yeah. He didn't want to play football. Someone told him, you're playing football. Yeah. I'd like to know how that all went about because that was really callous. And they need to explain that. There's no doubt about that, 100%. Somebody asking games that do matter this weekend. Um, there are a few. Tennessee at Jacksonville, that one matters in that uh, in that AFC South that is uh, whatever. Cincinnati's got Baltimore um, this weekend here in the, uh, the final week of the season. The uh, Buccaneers have clinched the NFC South, so nothing to do with the uh, the South now at this point after uh, after they beat the Panthers. Um, Minnesota Chicago could have some seeding ramifications for the Vikings. Uh, let's see, sifting through, and then your uh, your Sunday night game definitely has some implications: Packers and Lions, depending on other games. Um, Packers can get in with a win, I believe. Yes. The Lions need a win and a Rams win over the Seahawks, if I have that correct in my head. Yep. I could be wrong, but I think that is... The Packers control their own destiny. That's Packers can win at home in a very frigid Sunday night at Lambeau. The Lions will already know whether they can win and control their own destiny or not because the Rams-Seattle game is at 325. Oh. So it will be over prior to... <laughs> You're either going to get a the lines will either really care or really not give two dams. They're either going to be checked in or checked out. Yeah, yeah. The Packers will be watching that, going, "Oh, well, okay." We're well, NBC's going, "Come on, Seahawks, Rams." Oh, Rams! Yeah, come yeah. on, Rams. Baker Mayfield's our boy right yeah. now. We got to get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it for the peacock. Yeah. Oh God, jeez. Um. Got a break in a second. I got other topics, but you buying this Harbaugh thing? NFL, if they come calling, time to go. 
I mean, he I mean, toyed the, with it last year. The sourcing's pretty good. I, I think he wanted the NFL job last year and didn't yeah. get it. So, yeah. Where's Michigan go? Jim Harbaugh leaves. That's a that's a big time job. Huge job. Huge. I mean, it's a great job. It's a top five job. Who takes that job? There's no obvious thing, is there? Not that I can think of. I mean, maybe there's somebody that I'm just not thinking about it. Oh, the Dolphins can still get in. I thought they were eliminated. Okay. I didn't know they still had a chance. It would be in their best interest not to. They they need to they need to pack it up. They got work to do. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Michigan had such an opportunity this season to just get to the final mm-hmm. and make that extra step. Yeah. And then now Harbaugh's lost what six bowl games in a row. Is that right? Yeah. Including getting hammered in last year's playoff against Georgia. And then just not showing in the first half against TCU. Yeah, they dug such On a Saturday. hole. Saturday, I mean, they were bad. And TCU was great. Yeah, I mean, they were. They were. They silenced all the "you don't belong." No, you won. I mean, the hell we didn't. Right there. We're playing on the last night. You're not. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't. Do you, I mean, do you go after Dykes? Would he take the Michigan job? That doesn't feel right at all. I mean, the guy that doesn't that, feel right. The at guy all. that would have felt right's gone. Fickle, fickle. Go take him. I'm kidding. I mean, you probably couldn't at this point. If I'm fickle, I'm like, hey, we signed this shit. Is just, the ink dry? A lot of coaches don't sign the contract for several months. You know, they don't really get around to that. And I don't think he could do I'm that. I'm kidding. But. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I, I don't I don't know who you I don't know I don't know who they would go to. No clue. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by G and M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and they offer MedSync to fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have everything you need when you need it with G and M. You also can transfer your medications very easily. You make one call, they take care of the rest here, whether it be with them or with Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs. So again, with G and M, that's 662-236-2222. We're also brought to you by Solutions RX. It is a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's a pharmaceutical grade manufactured right here inside the U.S. based out of Iuka, Mississippi. If you take diabetes medication, high blood pressure medication, cholesterol medications, uh, sometimes those typically cause some side effects like muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss. It's due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body, but Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support to put those vitamins back into your body, help with side effects, helping you stay more compliant, taking your medications, helping you stay healthier over the long term. It's available in uh, local independent pharmacies across the continental U.S., including uh, all across uh, Mississippi or on their website, solutionsrx.com. Enter the promo code OEP at checkout, and you get 10% off your first order. Game Changer Patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch is used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game. Ready for your next play. So go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're brought to you by ACS. It's owned and uh, operated by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider, a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more about ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons, uh, it's getting to be what's about a month and a half from uh, Valentine's Day, uh, the spring weddings and all of that stuff. If you uh, are in the market for any of that, you need to get in touch with our friends at Lamons. It's 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Podcast also brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery, JohnstonHillCreamery.com. It is, again, a king cake season. You can get your orders in now live on their website. Pick up starting this week. They've also added a new flavor, the blueberry cheesecake flavor the uh, 24-hour notice is all that's required to order these cheesecakes took advantage of that last year it is here again several different options for you again they make all their cheeses locally and in-house whether it be charcuterie boards catering grazing tables workshops and more 
And now King Cake as we get into January. So that's 662-419-9201. Cheese at JohnsonHillCreamery.com or order their um, food directly on their website. Again, JohnsonHillCreamery.com. Uh, again, a couple of different uh, things from an Ole Miss standpoint since the last time we spoke. Really not a ton. Uh, Zach Evans has declared for the NFL draft. That was to be expected and uh, and, and, and did happen there for him. Um does a little bit mean Riscano almost probably wants a little bit out of him next year. You've got Judkins back, obviously. You get another chance to see if Bentley can take a step or if he just can't play at this level. I don't but know. They we'll want see. to add another back out of yeah. the portal is what I'm told. Um, frankly, they need – I mean, you just kind of get best available out of the portal and it'll work wherever it's at. They need a lot of dudes in a lot of places. Yeah. There's no position where you go, nope, don't need a guy. We're good. Like, that doesn't happen. Just If you can get a dude, get a dude. Especially with the no 25, like whatever. Sounds yeah, they've good. got, from a numbers standpoint, they're right around 60 right now. They've got 12 signees, so do the math. Got about 13 as of this moment that you can add out of the portal. I don't know how many they've got committed, what, three, four out of the portal? So there's a chance that another couple of guys get in the portal from the current roster, so probably put probably take some math guesses as to what they're looking at. And I don't anticipate this being done, by the way, until July. It's not going to be done until July. I've learned, Chase, that I must say this routinely. I mean, again, there'll be going to be some other dudes this month, and then it's going to stop because the window stops to get in the portal and school is going to begin. Again, Ole Miss is... Teacher approved last day to add classes February 3rd, but really it's more like January 30th, something like that, if you're just being real here. So, yeah, you got a month of this, and then after the spring, it opens back up for 15 or 20 days or 30 days or whatever it is. And, again, that's only to get into the portal, not to make the decision, and then you do the same thing. They just got to be there before school starts or practice begins or whatever the rule would be. Yeah, August would be the best way to put that. So, Actually, I think they have to be – I'm not sure. I'm just going to say July just for safety, but it might be August. I think it's August. It's going to be a minute. I mean, you can't miss two weeks of practice, but technically it can be August. Right. I mean, you technically can transfer like August 20th. Yeah. Right? As long as you're in class. I think so. You have to be in the portal by a certain date, I suppose. Well, you do have to do that. Right, yeah, right, the window right. for that is like May 1st to May 15th or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's in my key dates article on rebelgrub.com. Um, getting asked about the Spencer Sanders thing. Look, there's a difference in Spencer Sanders having reached out to by Ole Miss and him taking a backup quarterback job. Um, if Spencer Sanders ends up at Ole Miss, he had no options to be a starting quarterback at the FBS level because why would you go to be a backup? I mean, it, it – doesn't make it, sense. I mean, it right feels like Auburn to me. Oh, really? Well, they thought they had Grayson McCall. He pulled out. He stayed at Coastal. There were some issues. Yeah. And then <laughs> they thought they were having a good chance at the Leary kid. He goes to Kentucky. McCall apparently is a very good athlete at Coastal Carolina. Is he? Yeah. He's majoring in football? There's a reason I just <laughs> said athlete. <laughs> okay. I left the other part out. Like if the if he played in the NCAA tournament, when he came up to the the podium, they wouldn't say, "Hey, we're going to have questions for the student athletes first. 
they would say, hey, we have some questions for the student athletes and Grayson. And Grayson. And then when you guys get done with them, we'll dismiss them. Yeah. I always get a kick out of that. The NCAA does like the student athlete tournament press conferences. They questions for them first because presumably they're going to they're get really out of here busy. and they're going to go study <laughs> in the immediate aftermath of this game. <laughs> that is a good point. Every time, man, I laugh and I, I used to laugh out loud at it because it just cracks me up. It still makes me laugh. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to leave right this moment, go back to the locker room, and hit, the, and then wait on the coach to leave the, and thing. then hit, hit the chemistry while they're waiting on the coach. Come on. Yeah, College World Series did that every time, too. Yeah, players got to go. Yeah, but now we're going to dismiss the players, and now questions for Mike. So the players can go study. (laughs) Um, But I I don't know. I've, I've, not to be conspiratorial, but if you told me that, if you told me that he was being encouraged to mention Ole Miss occasionally just to build up the drama of a victory, I'd buy it. Oh, sure. Look at you. Mm Mm-hmm. Think so? But you wrote about it in your thing. I'm I'm with you. That that week leading up to that game. There's going to be some animus. It's just gonna be a weird week. I mean, it really is. It's it's a game Ole Miss has to have if they're trying to get to a number. It just is. Sure. I mean, you start counting games, that's one you gotta count. Well, I mean, if, I mean, I, if I, we're gonna do the nine and nine wins is the floor thing, you have to you have to beat Auburn. To to stay on schedule to any point, you need at least eight next year. And you probably need nine. You play Alabama and you play Georgia. And I picked out three weeks for a reason in that date thing for next season. And it was Arkansas, Auburn, and Art and Mississippi State. Yeah. You can't get there unless you win at least two and probably all three of those. Um, well, two for sure. Yeah. I mean, nine wins? Yeah, you probably have to win all three of those games. Mm-hmm. And look, I... I Huge win yesterday. They're they're a good program. Willie Fritz has done a nice job. You have to win the Tulane game. Of course. You have to win the Tulane of course. game. And Ole Miss is going to be favored against Tulane. Of like, course. Saying that a game is losable does not mean you are predicting a loss. I I'm, I'm like that is not last the time same I said it, thing. Last time I said it, I got fired. So I mean yesterday it's like I, I and again I'm not doing the hey, one person said something, but a couple of goes, Hey, you said I was like, No, I didn't. I said you could lose, not you're going to lose. Uh-oh. Of course you could lose. I, I mean, mean look at <laughs> I mean they they just beat USC. Now that running back declared for the draft, and he's course. a beast. He's a beast. Um but, but Pratt's like, back. They've done a really good job. They're gonna be super pumped. It's gonna be at their place. It's gonna be an SEC team coming. It's gonna be harder to get tickets. It's only thirty thousand seat stadium. It's yeah. not gonna be this superdome six sixty thousand old miss people, whatever thing. I mean the only point that people like you and I are making is that it won't be your typical two-lane game where you can go down there and sleepwalk through it, and there's four people We've in the We've watched that happen. Multiple times. Yeah, we have seen that. Fritz is a really good coach. They've got a program that's playing with They some... have a hellaciously big game the week before for their level. They play South Al at home the, next, the week before. Yeah. And then they play Ole Miss. Yeah. That's all, that's all anybody's saying. I'm picking Ole Miss to win the game. I'm saying if the football gods came down and told me that it was a close game, am I shocked? No, not even a little bit. Because look, how the hell can you – here's the thing about Ole Miss right now. How how in the hell can you really predict what Ole Miss is or isn't going to be today on January the 3rd? Hell, we don't know the roster. I mean, there's 15 people that are going to – Play for them that don't exist right now. Presumably play fairly large roles, and we don't know who they are. How in the world can I do that? I mean, you, you, you really can't. 
I don't think that's a hot take. I don't know what Tulane's roster will look like. No. I don't know what anybody's roster is going to outside of about Georgia. I know what theirs are going to look like. I'm going to predict an L in Athens. There. I'll say it. On the whole schedule, that's about it. I'd pencil in an L in Tuscaloosa. And there's some W's that I'd put in. Yeah, Obviously, sure. Mercer. Um, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. Vanderbilt. Yeah, sure. And then you start getting into where you want your pencil. Someone goes, here, here's a Sharpie. Yeah, you can't miss one of these. You get a Sharpie. got to get these right. You're probably doing four games. Yeah, and the others, you're like, well, kind of, can I use a that erasable ink yeah. here? Well, can I? The washable marker? Yeah, give me a, can I have a couple of mulligans? I mean, yeah, sure, of course. I mean, I wouldn't be crazy about putting the Vanderbilt game as a Sharpie. I'd do it, but I'd be like, well, kind of worry about it a little. Look, I, I know it's here. I, just, I can't ignore what happened the last six weeks of the season. I saw it. There's stuff. I mean, I, I had cultural questions at the end yeah, of the year. Yeah, sure, of course. I think those are fair. So, you know, you, but lots of rosters are in total upheaval right Almost now. Almost all. So, Welcome to the world of college football in 2023. Trying to predict games in January that won't get played until September. I mean, number one, it's always kind of foolish. It's just talk radio. It's really stupid now. Though. But now it's almost impossible. You're just guessing. I don't, I mean, does Tulane's roster get rated? I don't know. Did 15 Tulane guys jump in the portal in the next 24 hours just to see what their value is after they went 11 and 2? Or they go 11 and 2? 12, 12 and 2. And two. I mean, you know. Won the AAC, won the Cotton Bowl, 12 and 2. Hell of a year. Went 2 and 10 last year. Yeah. Largest turnaround in college football history. One at Kansas State. Here's the team that beat Kansas State in Manhattan and beat USC on a neutral field. And I mean, you, you can't go, oh, that's a W. It probably is. But, you know, they'll be geeked up for you. They're going to spend a lot of time getting ready for you. And Ole Miss will spend a lot of time getting ready for them. Yeah, because Ole Miss has Mercer the week before. They're, yeah, I mean, frankly, if I'm Ole Miss, is I'm kind of glad that game's where it is on the schedule yeah, it's because I get some people's attention. Yeah, it's a good spot. I mean, you know, one of the things that I think happened with Ole Miss a little bit this year is that the first part of the season was so sleepy because you played people that just couldn't beat you. Yeah, I mean, look, that is the nine and three path. I mean, Corey does it because if Ole Miss ended up nine and three next year, that's about how you'd have to script it. I mean, it's everybody but LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. Yeah, that's winning coin flips. Well, several. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's doable. But I mean, like if you said to me today, "Hey, nine and three, oh, I got lots of questions." Okay, well, who are the linebackers? Does that mean Perkins was ready from day one to be an impact guy? Mm-hmm. He, maybe he is. What do you have at receiver? Yeah, it's Chris Marshall, the Chris Marshall that he's possible. Yeah. is Aiden Williams impact immediately? I mean, there's, there's questions I have. What about the offensive line? Because it wasn't particularly good at the end of the season, and Nick no. Broker's gone. Yeah. So what does it look like? I mean, you know, again, linebacker. Where's your depth at linebacker? There's, there's stuff. Troy Brown was really good. Yeah, Troy Brown was great. Better two, than he's getting credit for. Yeah, two years in a row, Ole Miss had transfer linebackers come in and, and play extremely well. 
So what does it look like behind those guys? You wrote a story today about tackling. Ole Miss did not tackle well. Ole Miss was next to last in the league in tackling. In missed tackle percentage, meaning you missed the most tackles of anybody in the league. They had the second. They missed the most tackles in the league. They had the second percentage of missed tackles in the league ahead of only Vanderbilt, um, 17% from a team. That's a lot of extra yards, a lot of possessions that continue because of that. And Troy Brown was the one guy that when you put in total tackles and success of making tackles, by far led the team. He, he was Ole Miss's top tackler, and Troy Brown only missed 6.9% of his tackles this season. That's a really good number. Oh, he listen. I mean, that's a number. And he did in a, comparison a lot of that. Kentucky hurt. or Georgia one led the league in missed tackles, and as a team, they were at twelve percent. So Troy Brown was twice as good as the team that led the SEC. He put a lot of good film on. He did. I mean He can use a little side, you know, there's some stuff, but yeah, I mean, he did all he could do. He made the most of the one year he could possibly make into it and played through a hell of an injury. He did. He played hurt. I mean, bad hurt. People didn't see it because we had to almost kind of wait a little while to tape, but there was one of those Sundays that it hurt him to reach and hit the button. You know, like when you do a Zoom call, you have yeah, to sure. say, hey, I'm being recorded. We had to edit 10, 15 seconds of the beginning out because reaching over to hit that button caused significant pain. And I was like, "Hey, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll yeah, sure. We'll, we'll wait till you're composed, and then we'll get rolling." I mean, I almost was like, "Hey, you don't have to do this today." You, he's like, "No, no, I want to do it." I mean, he he hurt, but he played he played terrific. But my point is, is like if you so if you if you're doing this today and you're like, "Hey, pick the season," you're just guessing on a bunch of stuff. You're 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 grading helmets. Can you say can you say get them to nine wins? Well, sure, but I'm taking a lot of assumptions. And then if you said, "Can you get them to?" Five wins. Well, sure, but I'm making a lot of assumptions. Yeah, what goes to hell in a handbasket? I mean, like, who, 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 who? Here's the sneaky one. Like, what does Auburn look like? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Auburn's got, got wild portal stuff. What does Arkansas look like? They've, They've got, got all kind of crap 20 going something on. dudes in the portal. Yeah. I mean, who do they replace them with? I mean, they, they might have, a, they've got a new defensive coordinator. They might have a new offensive coordinator when it's all said and done. Hey, what does Mississippi State look like? I mean, he waited till the game was over because it was the right thing to do. But then, I mean, he's up, 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 heaving his staff. He's bringing in his people. Is he going to run a different offense? Yeah, I, I, it does not sound like they're running the air raid. They're going so, to a more typical offense. So, what does Rodgers look like in a typical offense? Probably not as good as he does the air raid. They're just, again, you can do this with everyone outside of probably Georgia. Yeah. What do you look like? LSU has a lot back. LSU's going to be. LSU's really going to be a bitch. Yeah. I get what happened. I and mean, we'll talk about, I kind of want to talk about bowl season in a second after this break, but LSU didn't necessarily do anything wrong yesterday, but they ran it up on a team that was playing a third string quarterback and their head didn't have their starter because the damn brother died. Yeah. Like, no, it was, it was a little like, come on, guys, what the hell are you doing? If, like, if you're wanting to get back to having a team that you just yeah. don't like, because it's, it's yeah, LSU could easily get there for you. LSU's going to be, yeah, the like wrestling terms, the, the just heel. the bad guy that always pulls out like something out of his trunks and hits you with it. Auburn's going to be. Hugh's going to do that fake religion shit. He just is. Sorry, that's what it is. And they're going to do that. They're going to be the kid at football practice. You know what I'm talking about. 100 all the time. 
It's the walkthrough. Yeah. It's Thursday. Mm-hmm. You play tomorrow. You're in shorts. And you do the little tackling thing where everyone understands we're barely thudding. Yeah. And this guy goes and runs right through your chest. And you're like, and you're like what the hell are you doing? Because he just can't stop. Just can't can't stop being Mr. Milk and Cookie all day long. The right guy. The right guy. That's them. Lunch pail, hard hat. Yes. Oh, doing it the right way. And boy, they're going to, I mean, they're just, oh, it's just going to be. We look from a sugary, website, a podcast standpoint, sweet. we get an SEC West that you just mentioned gets LSU, as you, as you say, Auburn, as you say, and we didn't even get to whatever the hell A&M's doing or not doing next year. The West is just, it, it is the best men's soap opera of all time next year. Here's what A&M's got. Dudes. I mean, look, unless everyone, you can, you can make fun of whoever's ratings you want to, but I, when rivals two, four, seven, I don't care. I refuse. Three, I'm not doing it. I, oh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not doing it. But what I'm saying is, I know. what I'm I, saying is, is unless you dismiss all of the networks, I know, and you can, that's cool with that. I, I, I refuse to get into ratings. I just yeah, don't, I, I don't care, whatever. Okay. But unless you tell them, that, tell me that they're all wrong on three, two, four, seven, ESPN rivals, whoever, that is one talented roster. I mean, they are loaded, man. Just up and down the roster with four and five star guys. Sure. And maybe everyone's wrong. They can be talented and still be a train wreck. Sure, sure. We, we just watched we, it. We watched it. But the talent makes them dangerous. Sure. Because I dare They s- looked really good against LSU in that finale. Because I dare say if you went to Lane Kiffin, if you went to Zach Arnett, if you went to Sam Pittman, if you went to... Uh, uh, Pretty much anybody outside Q two Freeze, dudes, yeah. And said, you want to trade rosters? Just flip rosters. I think they'd go, yes. Right now. No questions asked. So that makes them dangerous. Because if they ever put it together... And yeah, I'm just saying I'm not predicting 10-2. Oh, shit, I mean, no. 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 But again, you go back into doing the whole WL thing. Do you want to take a Sharpie with Texas A&M and Oxford and go W? No. no. I mean, as of today, they have not only the better roster, they have the far better roster. Not even close. They don't have. They've got issues. Plenty. But I mean, look. I don't know what LSU is going to look like on the heels of this scandal that Brian Kelly basically addressed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cole Kubelik's tweet, by the way. What do you do? The trains. Oh, I didn't see this. The trains. It was, oh, I didn't see this. Yeah, it was funny. Okay, I'll grab it in a second. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone services available, parental controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra step, but you probably won't, and uh, plenty more as well. So, again, whether it be Lafayette, Pontotoc, or Union Counties, nespark.com, 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. We'll have a uh, Mind on My Money on Thursday. It's been a couple weeks. Last week was my fault, but uh, we'll be back to it. Uh, It's brought to you by Pinnacle, based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in multiple states, advisors in multiple states as well. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. 
It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. If you're uh, thinking about a summer vacation, I'm kind of starting to look at one, even though it's a million years away and I might not be able to afford it. But uh, it's brought to you by, you can get one by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. All you got to do is get in touch with him. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He's going to give you options that you're probably not going to find on your own. He's going to help you plan a trip that uh, creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387. Or uh, send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. I'll have a mailbag up tomorrow. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. And you can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they have opportunities across the board. IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or more, they can help you at Service Specialist. It's always free to the candidates. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call, 662-832-5138, or check out their new and improved website, Service Specialist Ltd. Dot com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today. For a no-cost digital scan of your teeth, let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And if you're a displaced corporate exec or you're wanting to put your career in your own hands, if you're an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify, Andy Ledecky can help you. He's a longtime Rivals board member, diehard college football fan, franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses, uses his expertise to help others find their American dream, through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy, put your life and career in your own hands, 100% free. You got nothing to lose. It's myperfectfranchise.net or uh, Andy at myperfectfranchise.net for email or 404-973-9901. I was getting into college football in a second. I was listening to an audio book yesterday, um, and one of the topics was on Larry Bird. I had no idea... This is random, but I just thought of it near my middle, in the middle of the uh, commercial break. Is we know we didn't that teams didn't shoot three pointers much um, during the eighties and stuff, and that's really picked up in recent years with with analytics. But Bird had told people he never even practiced the shot; um, that he would only practice three point shots the week before the three point contest in the All Star game. And had you actually practiced it, a what would Bird's percentages be compared to what they are now? And then two how much more of a weapon that would have been over the course of his tenure because the three-point line came in 1980. He had it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it would be like a top-level Hall of Fame shooter today. It'd be like Steph, but in the 80s when nobody knew how to handle it at all. I mean, you're talking about the Celtics not understanding the value of the three-point line in relation to having the best three-point shooter of his generation available and just not even working on the shot. 
it's it's really fascinating looking back 35 years, 40 years later. I mean, he said he did not work on it. I mean, you're too young to remember when watching him live in his he he, he was so he was able to get to whatever spot on the floor he wanted to get to and was just an offensive weapon. And also, here's the thing about Bird. I went down the Larry Bird rabbit hole not long ago for some reason, and I hated Bird because I was a Lakers fan. Why are you a Lakers fan? I just liked Magic. I know everybody was a Lakers or a Celtics fan. But... I liked Magic. Okay. Um, Bird, analytically... Like in the history of the game, is top five or six defensive. Okay, he was a beast. Bird was six ten. He was Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant were a great defender, that's how good he was. And in an era when they didn't get the calls like they do now. Well, yeah. I mean, oh, he would have spent his life on the free throw line. Yeah. And hit them. Oh, yeah. It was money. Those two teams, man, when Lakers-Celtics, it was it was awesome. When you think about how many players were on that court, like elite players, Kevin McHale, James Worthy, Kareem. I mean, even the role players like Byron Scott and mm-hmm. Dennis Johnson, those were like borderline Hall of Fame players. It's a little recency bias. Um, you had Tulane knocking off USC yesterday, scoring 16 points in the final four minutes. Fun game. Had two playoff games, which were by far the best combination of playoff games oh, sure. we have had. Two of the top four or five playoff games, period, that we've had in college football to this mm-hmm. point. I mean, you had the overtime Alabama-Georgia game. You had the the Georgia-Oklahoma game. There's been a few. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, the one in the Rose Bowl, sure. You know, the, that's that's basically the list, though, for the most part um, in these games. Had them on the same night. It's not really a bowls matter or don't matter because some bowls matter, some bowls don't matter. It depends what the teams are. It just kind of is whatever. And matter and are fun are two different things, too. Of course. Um, to your fan bases versus national or whatever. There's a lot of different ways to term those things. It's a good weekend for college football, though. They got sure. games they sort of needed to thrust into next year in a way. Um, thought that oh, for the, the bowl are... season had been bad for the average fan who's just watching for entertainment. Um, we hadn't had a lot of close games. And then from like the 28th on, really from Arkansas, Kansas, it picked up and you had a pretty fun every day had some stuff in it that was kind of took over social media in a way that college football had not done the few days before that. For the people like me who want a 12-team playoff because it will just be more fun, this was a great weekend. Like, yeah. Look, is Tulane going to win the national championship? Of course not. But with that game in a playoff setting, like winner gets to move on. Oh. I mean, would have been everyone would have been glued to it. Instead, it was just kind of on in the background. Like for me, I was up here. I was doing some work. Actually, when it was 15 points with six minutes left, I left. Took the dogs for a walk. I turned the channel. I watched most of it. Turned the channel when they went up 16 or whatever. And then I guess when they scored the next time, I flipped it back on and watched the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I came back. To I heard that, that they point. had scored, but by then I was across the neighborhood. Yeah. It was too late. You were. 
you were out at that I'm, point. It's done, you know, whatever. So when they came back and won, I was like, well, of course they did. But my <laughs> my point was is that you know you would have you would have watched that you'd be there'd be more discussion of it had that been a playoff game. Because I'm like TCU Michigan was awesome. Yeah, it was a great game. Just watching chaos. Yeah, which is what's great about college football. It's not always about gameplay. It's about drama and chaos. But the the bowls. They don't have to go. The people that like the Bulls have to go away. No, they don't. No. They, they, the Bulls are what they always were. They're trips, and they're interesting for fan bases and sometimes teams. That's it. Well, it's it's also like the 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 Liberty Bowl can really matter to a fan base given whatever's going on in their situation right then. Well, again, it's December the twenty eighth, three thirty in the afternoon. I mean, what else are you doing? It's like the Texas Bowl. Does the Texas Bowl matter? No. It was it was a made-for-TV event. It was. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a good trip. Like Mason talked about what a great trip it was. It was a cool experience. They had fun. That's cool. You still have those things. I mean, the, the game that I went to in Boise or the game I went to in Vegas, those games don't matter. But it was matters to the kids. The kids got to go make a trip. But the point is, is that your ESPN and networks, they want programming in those two weeks. It's the holidays. People are off. Their hosts for their silly shows are taking time off. College football has never been about bowls mattering in the context that we are discussing right mm-hmm. now. So, yes, we're going to have a few more bowls matter, but the other bowls are going to matter the exact same as they would have mattered for the change. last 50 years. They don't change. The Gasparilla Bowl can still just go be the Gasparilla Bowl. It's fine. Kids can go to Tampa and have a nice time. It's and- December the 23rd. You either watch it or you don't. I mean, did, did the Hawaii Bowl being close or not close impact your Christmas Eve? Nope. But it gave ESPN something to put on the screen, which is what it's there for. And gets a lot of background. Let's turn it on. They can sell it. That's what bowls are. When they're close late third, you go, oh, I'm interested for the final quarter. Yeah. Nobody watches many bowls in the first half. You watch a lot of second halves of bowls that are close. Well, there's a reason that yeah. they only play like one bowl on the 26th and only one or two on the 27th. And, and then, then starting on the 28th, it's like boom. Well, they have analytics. That yesterday show that's what people felt watch. weird. And look, they do it every time the NFL is on New Year's Day. This is not, this was not uncommon. Right. It happened in 2017. But. It felt weird yesterday getting all those bowls on the second, not the first, and then being done by 7 o'clock. Now that we had the NFL game, and I understand why, and duh. But it felt weird when you looked at the schedule and saw 11, 12, 12, 4, and you went, oh. Sure. Hmm. Okay. And next year they'll do that on – I guess next year they'll have the semifinals on New Year's Day. We'll get back to normal. Yeah. Where are they at? Because it'll be a Monday. It's the Rose and the – Oh, if they get their game. I think it's Rose and Sugar. Oh. Got a lot of ego in that in that semifinal day. Well, kudos to the Sugar. They they yeah. they, ate, they ate their ego for a year. They really did. Played at 11 a.m. They did the same thing that Saban does when he watches the gumps run at him and just go, money, money, sure. money, money. Just shut up. Money. They took one for the team. Money. They'll get their moment next year. They'll probably get a primetime game. I really hate we were not having podcasts when the dude from the uh, the California paper compared the Rose Bowl losing its uh, its four o'clock time slot every year to um, society's issues and the beginning of the end of the world. Did you see this? I did not. Yeah, you missed a look. I'm talking about it a week and a half later. So columnist did his job. Kudos, columnist. 
holy hell at what they think about this game in Pasadena. Oh, my God. Oh, they think the world stops. With I mean, them. hyperbole to an extent yes. that it is what's wrong with the country that they're worried about something other than like they're not worried about tradition and letting the Rose Bowl keep their slot. Then corporate greed has taken over, and it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you still get to play the game? Nobody took your game. They took your sunset occasionally. Not That's even, all they did. Not even very much. Next, they just took your sunset. Well, next year they'll get their sunset. They'll move. I think they'll move the game up one hour. Is that and what it is? And instead of having Big Ten, uh, Pac twelve, you'll just have two of the top four teams in the country. Well, they don't want that. Well, tough. They want to combine the country, East versus West, all congregating here. Change is hard. You know, change is difficult. Move on. A 12-team playoff is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get those four, those four games on campus that are going to be awesome. Paragraph from his column. Depuy is a self-described enlightened doomsayer, a philosopher of apocalypse. He argues that humanity is on a suicidal course headed straight for catastrophe. Why? Because we don't respect the sacred things. We blow through limits, and in doing so, we produce constant calamities and catastrophes and unleash violence. The Rose Bowl game is one such sacred ritual that inspired togetherness. Its death takes us one step closer to the end of the world. Oh, well, that's a take. Hey, Jim, come up with the hot take. Got it. Got it, boss. Joe Matthews, San Francisco Chronicle. There you go. It worked. Joe's a little out there, I'm guessing. I mean, look, it's a cool game. I watch it. I don't care who wins Utah, Penn State. I didn't really care last night. Uh, I, yesterday, I, I had a hard time turning it on. I mean, I, had I, I turned it on for Neil's picks for like five minutes, and that was yeah. it. And I think we all had Utah, so who gives a shit? Everybody but Jeffrey. Okay, so he got a game last night. Yeah. But, like... I mean, whatever. If you're the Rose Bowl, wouldn't you rather next year have Georgia, Ohio State? I would. Course. I mean, give me the give me the game that everybody's watching. I still get my ESP, ESPN panoramic. wanted Georgia, Michigan in the final, right? Or do they want TCU? Do you want the underdog? No, in you wanted ESPN? Michigan. Okay, you wanted Michigan. We'll tease this for tomorrow because I'm sure I'm sure ESPN's a little concerned that Georgia got a wake up call and, that's, and, yeah. and that Georgia shows up. I mean, that was one hell of a football game. The Georgia Ohio State game was one hell of a football. I game. I mean, for three and a half quarters. Ohio State handled them. I thought they outcoached them and everything. And then whoever was up in the box that saw, that. saw yeah, the yeah, fake yeah, punt yeah, thing yeah. and went, Kirby, call timeout, call timeout, call timeout. That was the game. That won the game. Yeah. Some dude gets raised that was up in the box and goes, whoa, 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 You'd whoa. Because somebody saw it. Somebody watching. That wasn't Kirby. Somebody radioed in and goes, nope, got a problem. Somebody here. who had watched so much film that they their eyes were glazing over, but they saw that. When they did sleep two hours a day, they dreamt about Ohio State's punt team. Saw something and went, oh, my God, it's a fake. Tease this for tomorrow. And it didn't really apply to I mean, Ole Miss, their path is to recruit better, to get more high school kids, to use an IL effectively, and to put it top ten classes. But – 
is TCU a path for people, or is this an anomaly in a way with some specific things that have happened to get him here at this point? And they're in a conference that allowed for it a little easier. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll have to think about it. I mean, I don't. They have very few four and five star players. Look, he's a really good coach who followed a really good coach. They've got a tough, good quarterback as nails. And and look, do they benefit? Yeah, and and here's the other thing: they played a lot of close games and won them all. Yeah, it's it's been that season. Now, there's two things there. Certainly, there's a degree of luck to that, and there's confidence and you begin sure. to play with an edge and you believe in yourself it's not all luck if you win a bunch of close games no but there is some luck yes and so if the next season they roll, you don't control your you don't control your destiny in games other teams get chances to make great plays right nobody made the great play against them michigan had the ball to go win yeah and nobody had stopped anybody no nope. now you made a stop so okay but yeah do they benefit from playing in a a little bit of a watered-down Big 12 when Oklahoma was average at best, mm-hmm. when Texas was just slight, and OSU was average. slightly above. OSU was down, frankly. Yeah. K-State was good, but K-State wasn't But they're a one-trick pony. Come yeah. on. I mean, Alabama disposed of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, sure. Yeah. Iowa State was down. Texas Tech was average. Chet sure. actually makes a really good point there. TCU, if you look at it from an athletic program standpoint, yeah, it was like two decades ago that they were in a bad conference, mm-hmm. just a mid-major that was good and had Ladanian Tomlinson. And what they've been able to do to just consistently elevate and elevate and elevate really across all their sports. I mean, Jamie Dixon did a nice job in basketball there. The baseball team's incredibly competitive nationally, played for a national title, and now in, in, in football. They're they, in a they've very done a really good job in the, in the Metroplex. There. Yeah, they're in a fertile area, and they've been able to recruit it. Yeah. Yeah, and... and- no, there's a lot there. I mean, it's not, it's like most everything. It's not black or white. It's not, no, it's, they were a fluke. Mm-hmm. But no, do they present a path that other people could follow? Now, here's the thing there's only like one more year of this. And then Maybe we're going to just 12. Then we're going to 12. It's just make the tournament. Win a game. Yeah. Make the tournament. Win a game, then win another game. You know, make the tournament and see what happens. Yeah. And all of a sudden, that's where the, programs can take leaps is like a TCU when they get a home game like as a five seed in a tournament and you yeah, get win the game yeah and the whole country's watching and people look at it and go man what a cool place or whatever I mean, you get that I mean that's the fun the two fun weekends that we that we're going to get that we don't have now when you go to a 12 team playoff is the four on-site games with a five, six, the first seven, round and the quarters. And then the quarters where you go to the bowls, instead of having two semifinals, now you basically have four. It was a good point made. NFL playoffs are great. They have 13 opportunities to be great. Mm-hmm. College ball has three. Yeah. Now they're going to have 11. Yeah. It's a big difference. Huge. Huge difference. Not every wild card game is exciting. No, no, no. There's blowouts. Sometimes there's dogs. But you get a lot of opportunities for us to remember those two or three great games. Sure, because you get the Tennessee-Buffalo game with yeah. the crazy-ass finish. Yeah. You get uh, you get stuff. Yeah. And that's what, you, that's what you remember. You get the Buffalo-Kansas City game yeah. last year. That was a divisional playoff game. Yeah. 
that I mean everybody talked about. That was a final eight game. That was a quarterfinal. Yeah. National Championship game January 9th. That's Monday. That is uh, Georgia and TCU, obviously, there in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium, the uh, Rams and Charters home field. So uh, that coming up in six days inside a week from the final college game of the uh, of the season. And then uh, we didn't talk about it. We'll obviously talk about whatever happens in it tonight. Ole Miss is in Tuscaloosa, 8 o'clock start for that one on uh, somewhere on the ESPN family of networks. Is it just Super Tuesday, ESPN? I think it's ESPN. Okay. I'll – is it Super Tuesday this early in the year or not? Do they call that yet, this yet? You told me there'd be no math. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, if you'd like to bet on it, the Tide is a 12.5-point favorite over the Rebels tonight. Ooh. They're at uh, at Coleman Coliseum. That's a lot of points. It's a lot of points. Um, if you made me go one way or the other, I'd like Ole Miss it. blows second-half lead against Tennessee and Oxford to open their season uh, in the SEC, and then Alabama kind of won a rock fight and pulled away from the Bulldogs uh, in Starkville. And uh, and their opener, they have Kentucky coming up next. Oates was worried about a look ahead a little bit tonight from a close game standpoint. Yeah, um, he's he's trying to challenge his group through the media a little bit today. Um, so he's a hell of a coach. He's really they good are coach. super talented. Here's the thing about Alabama, and the reason I think they might be the best team in the league. Ooh, they're so good defensively. Now they could have an injury or two. Like you look around the league, and some teams have gotten hurt. You know, like like Kentucky's not been fully healthy. Arkansas's had two bad injuries, yeah. taking them really out of the national landscape. Yeah, yeah, they're not a national title team. They 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 probably had a chance to be if Brazil and Smith both play. Um, but I, I I like Alabama a bunch. They're they're really really good because they can defend almost the way Tennessee can, but they mm-hmm. can score in a way that Tennessee can't yet yeah so anyway alabama Ole miss tonight eight o'clock there uh, again it's on television i'm not sure what's opening into that part of the double header but nonetheless the rebels and the uh crimson tide from tuscaloosa so we'll talk about that and more tomorrow more college football of course and then whatever happens today as the day moves on including uh an update on uh on the injury that we spent a lot of the show with today so hope all you had a good day hope you stayed safe in the middle of the storm it's going to continue for a little while and then get out of here sometime in the mid-afternoon for people in the oxford area so we will talk to you tomorrow take care talk to you then the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.